Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. days late getting this episode to you and that's primarily due to the fact that uh, every day is today using you know john's words earlier like i had asked you know is it friday yet and he's like i don't know today's today tomorrow will be today when it's tomorrow and yeah time sure flies when you're stuck in a house yeah so just to clarify on that it's a, it's a meme that's floating around somewhere where every day seems to be today day after after being stuck at home for so long, and I mean, I've gotten out a little bit, not not anything extreme, but yeah, every once you're in the same place for a long, long time, what's the difference between the days, really? True, and you know, the world just does seem like a blur. Like I was told, it's a, a long weekend this upcoming weekend for us here in, uh, in I think most of Canada. I think I think Victoria Day would be would be national. Um, at least I know it's Victoria Day here in BC, but uh, yeah, like, you know, what do you do on a long weekend when you're, you know, like only able to go and, you know, I think I'm going to spend a day in the hallway. <laughs> well, in my neighborhood, you go to the beach. Everybody goes to the beach. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's been a lot of, um, a lot of pictures all actually from all across Canada, all across North America even seem to take our neighborhood as being the example of what not to do. Because okay. a lot of people are getting together and a lot of people are ignoring the social distancing and uh, there's a little bit of he said, she said on the whole dis- on the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, before we sort of get into our, our topic of the podcast, uh, I was actually maybe curious about that because you, you can sort of see you're much closer to it than I am. Um, but one of the things that uh, we've seen in these pictures where it looks like just groups upon groups upon groups of people all like glued together. But then uh, some subsequent pictures are sort of showing that the telephoto lens shows it this way, but when you look at it through another perspective, that same shot doesn't actually, it's groups of people, but there's distance between them. So is it a little bit of this and a little bit of that, or is it truly sort of the telephoto lens maybe telling a little lie? No, I think it's exactly that. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, I mean, we've been down there. We went down there for the first time out of our, we, we stayed at home for 52 days where we didn't actually go outside. I, I went out for the mail. I went out to sit the compost, but beyond that, we didn't go anywhere. So 52 mm-hmm. days in and right after it rained, which was good. Cause it was like a really big brainstorm. We went down to the beach and it was our first time out in, in quite a while. And it seemed weird and it felt weird, but it was great. Cause right after a rain, it was very, there was nobody there. And so mm-hmm. we thought, oh, that's great. And so we had a really nice time. But then we went back the next day. And the next day was very much the opposite. It was sunny again. And there seemed to be too many people. And, of course, you know, it's hard to it's hard to put a real feeling for that after you've been inside for so long. And seeing anybody else seems like too much people. So I think, you know, I've seen the pictures. I've seen the telephoto lens pictures. I've seen the back and forth on it. And I think it's a little bit of both. There certainly are a lot of people that are ignoring social distancing. A lot of people that are down there with people that they certainly don't live with and certainly like groups of friends, not staying six feet apart, none of that. But there are definitely people trying. And there is a certain etiquette now where you see somebody coming and you're not going to walk directly towards them. You sort of walk off into the road to get away from them. So, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Okay. Well, I, again, I, I for me, the social distancing... Um, 
the only thing I actually see and witness is there are a number of people that uh, ride their bikes sort of near near our area, and we often refer to it as the peloton, the large group. Um, uh, yes, while they're on the road, there's some distance, but there's no way it's two meters or six feet, depending on you know whether you follow uh, freedom points yeah. or not. Uh, and then there's uh, both a bakery and then like a little coffee shop that are are open, but like enforcing the sense like the coffee shop, you order at one door and then you wait and you get your food and at another door, like you don't actually go in. Um, but you know, a lot of these, these people, um, people on bikes, but just people in general, they sort of start to clump up and there is no way. And I'll primarily maybe single out those on bikes that I think they come from one home. They're just a group of friends who annoy each other. So yeah. It'll be interesting to see how things uh, transition over the course of this upcoming long weekend. Uh, us in BC are going to be able to double our bubble, where we arbitrarily pick one other bubble to combine <laughs> our bubble with, at which point that's our new bubble. Is there a bubble lottery, or do, do we get to, like, can we pull tickets from a hat to see what bubbles merge? I'm not sure. I You know, like, I... I was joking around uh, uh, with some friends of mine about how uh, if I look at just sort of the family, so there's my parents, there's my brother and his family, and then my sister and my nephew. And so there's four bubbles just from the, the golden side of things that are local. And I'm like, if I go and let's say double my bubble with my parents, does that mean my brother and sister lose out? Like, because technically speaking, that means we've now formed one super bubble and those two bubbles are on their own. Yeah. So I was just curious because, you know, I've seen a lot of these celebrity pictures of celebrities socializing by their pools. We have a lot of celebrities in Vancouver. So I was wondering if maybe I could get like a celebrity bubble oh, to merge with mine and then I can go hang out by the pool too. Because it's been a long time since I've gone for a swim or, you know, even a shower. Mm. So I, I would I would think that would be good. Okay, so Vancouver Celebrity, if you were able to pick one, who would it be that you would double the bubble with? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, of course, is the first one that pops to mind. Well, and that, that's that's who I was going to suggest, although he's not in Vancouver right now. You'd, right. I think you'd have to travel. And, you know, there's like Seth Rogen, although, you know, I gave up my marijuana days long ago, so that's probably not my bubble to be in because you'd, mm -hmm. you'd get high in that bubble. And, yeah, I mean, obviously we've got hockey players – and stuff like that, but I, I can't actually think. You know, I'm not a big celebrity person myself, but I'm more about the pool. If I can, as long as the guy's got a pool, I'm cool. That's it. <laughs> okay, so note to all uh, celebrities that listen to Nerdy Dadcast: John is looking to double his bubble, and you might fit the bill. So long as you have a pool. If you have no pool, don't even bother because it's just yeah, forget about it. <laughs> Anywho, uh, this episode we wanted to talk a little bit about the. Uh, World of discipline, and I don't mean discipline as in uh, laying down the heavy hand of the law, uh, per se, uh, but uh, one of the challenges that uh, I'm facing now is that I have a three-year-old in the house, and, you know, growing up and sort of, you know, just through conversation with people, there's always this concept of the terrible twos. The twos, they're terrible. And, uh, you know, with baby force, we had the eh, not too bad twos. They're like, oh, this is, this is perfect. Well, if there is a, you know, age at which the terrible were to come out, and I mean, it's such a rough word, but seems to be three and it wasn't maybe overnight, but 
this little uh, bundle of fire has figured out the world, has very strong opinions, and uh, feels that it's necessary to exert her authority. For instance, 12.30 a.m., and someone's losing their mind because they're not able to brush their teeth again. Because their teeth are dirty. Baby Force lost her mind, yelling at the top of her lungs, I hate mommy, I hate daddy, hitting mommy, because we would not allow her to brush her teeth at 12.30 a.m. It's like this world where, okay, do we acquiesce? At the end of the day, it's just brushing her teeth. We want, you know, good oral hygiene. But in the other hand, you know, that type of reaction or 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 act, so to speak, uh, doesn't occur to me to be the type that you would go and reward. And so it's this tough world as to how you approach it. So, and you know, you know, we also have this uh, other sort of fork in the road where, you know, I often, I think I've talked to in the previous podcast episodes, how I sort of play the bad cop. Wife gets to play somewhat of the good cop. And it's quite distinct. If if daddy goes and looks at baby force just a certain way, and that's all it is, a look. Oh, she knows. She's like, oh, I don't like that daddy, that version of daddy. That's not good. In fact, I think she's starting to figure out she'll do things that she think might get a reaction, glances my way, just to see what you know facial expressions might be happening. And if they're not good ones, pout face, like instant fat lit pout face. So you are the sage father here. You have all the wisdom of the world. All of it, yeah. I imagine at some point in time you've probably experienced it, if not with both of your kids, at least one of them. What yeah. do we do? I mean, first off, and, you know, I want to emphasize, first off, that even though I joke that I'm a professional, I am in no way a professional. I am... I'm a dad and I now do have a combined, you know, 13 years experience, I guess, between the two of them. But uh, yeah, I mean, the first thing in any of these situations, you always have to try to stay calm, which I think is sort of, it's hard. And especially in this day with, you know, our stresses and the pandemic stresses and all the things we're going through in the world, it's hard to be your best. I mean, as parents, at least for myself, I, I think for most people, though, whether you have the tools to do it or not, you want to be your best for your kids. So, I mean, in that situation, if they're hitting me, I mean, we use something a lot called rye, which basically it's a form like the of booze, Canadian whiskey. Like, yeah, no, it was R I E, which I don't remember oh, what it okay. stands for offhand, but it was done by Janet Lansbury, I think was the name. But it's a lot of. Um, authenticating your child's feelings. I mean, your child has feelings. Their feelings are legit. You don't want to shut their feelings down. You might want to shut their feelings up, but you don't want to tell them not to have those feelings. Mm -hmm. So in that case, I mean, we used a lot of, you know, if one of our kids was swinging at either our, one of us or the other one, we would sort of, you know, grab their hand and grab it firmly, but grab it loosely, not hurting them by any means. And just tell them, you know, you're, I, I won't let you do that. And so by saying, I won't let you do that, I mean, a lot of families have, you know, we, they, they say we things where we don't do this in our house. We don't kick the dog. We don't throw the cat off the patio. You know, these aren't things we do. But then that sort of offers up later on the chance for rebellion where your daughter or son will say, 
Well, you don't, but I do. And that's what they're doing initially already. You also can't really make it. You can't do a long-winded description of why you don't do it because you're a child's three. They don't care. They don't get that. That's not going to go into their heads. And they're upset. So, I mean, really, it's just about holding holding them down, authenticating, holding them down. No, not holding them down, but stopping them from hurting anyone, authenticating yeah. your, their feelings and sort of taking it from there. So, so yeah, I mean, in that situation, hold her hand and say, I won't let you hit me. And then eventually when she stops trying to hit you, let her hand go. Um, also, you gotta, it's about expectations as well. If you're fighting over, say, food, food's a big one for us. We had a long time where first my son, then my daughter, my son would eat anything until about uh, about 18 months. And then he learned the word no. And when he learned the word no, then suddenly mm. he was not eating anything anymore. And you want you want them to be healthy. You want them to eat. But uh, you can't make them eat. You can't force it into their mouth. So if they don't eat, they don't eat. And you just have to sort of model that. And if they're screaming at you, they're feeling something. It's it's a, It's real feelings. And you should let or we would let them scream. It's really hard on the ears and hard to stay calm. And my daughter in particular had that one pitch. Ooh, she got that like, one pitch and she the, knew it was, it was like a glass breaking for me. Yeah, yeah, I go yeah. super calm. And then suddenly she hits that one pitch and I go incredible Hulk. And I'm data smash. Dada never <laughs> smashed for the record, but, um, but yeah, I wanted to. So, it's you just, know, yeah. it's, and yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of talk too. It's, you know, it's recognizing it's, you know, I see, I see that you're really feeling a big feeling and I'm here for you when you're ready for me to be ready, be here for you. And so, yeah, it's a lot of that. And, and just really trying to identify with the child. Cause I mean, a lot of people you see that, see that as an attack against you. And it's not really, I mean, they're doing what they have to do. They're feeling what they have to feel and they're finding their way in the world. And so, I mean, you have to let them do that because you want them to have those abilities later on and not feel shut down on the whole issue. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, the interesting dynamic that, that, you know, we deal with and we're, we're obviously my wife and I learning, um, as, as we go is that, um, she has the ability to almost adapt to be, and I don't know how to phrase this part, like the worst part of ourselves, like, you know, where I like, Oh, I'm a, I'm loud. Like if, I, I, you know, people often would describe me as like this big softy, but my voice, like if I need to, I can go low and I can go loud and, you know, baby force, she's got that, like where she'll go loud difference. The low obviously doesn't occur. Whereas, you know, my wife, she bottles that up and you can see it. And it's just like, you're going to explode. And, you know, baby force has that too. It's like, again, I mean, genetics, she's got a little bit of everything. And the difficulty is that, you know, for me, and I'll, I'll, I'll you know, speak to it. It's like, I don't, you know, I want her to learn those skills. And again, I guess she's only three, but over life, learn those skills to be able to deal with things better than I did. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, my wife feels the same way, deal with things better than, than, and she does. And, and it is tough, you know, we knew it was hard work coming into it, but I don't think we fully appreciated the actual oh, absolutely. effort. And I mean, on that, it's like, 
it's more about teaching them. It's, it's not about trying to teach them to control their emotions. It's trying to teach them to allow their emotions to sort of pass and let them go and teaching them how to sort of deal with those things appropriately. And so, I mean, that's a, that's a learning process for all of us. And some of us learn to do it very early. Some of us learn to do it later on. Some of us have never learned to do it. You see that guy on the street screaming. So, I mean, it's about putting her in a safe spot and sort of trying to guide her. And hopefully, I mean, we do a lot of just trying to model behavior and showing the proper behavior. But like I said, at the beginning, I'm a, some days I have bad days. Some days I'm tired. Some days I'm crabby. Some days my wife and I are fighting with each other. Or we've got upset with each other over some no, stupid thing. No, we're human no, and we're all like that. So, I mean, that's no. the whole thing. We, I've seen the two of you together. That's just for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we fight constantly. Sunshine, rainbows, unicorns. <laughs> yeah. We had to let the unicorn go. It's a health violation. <laughs> that happens when you go into multi dwelling units, right? Yeah, totally does. So, yeah, I mean, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard thing. It's hard to keep your cool. And even for mm-hmm. me on my best day, it's still hard to keep your cool because it's this thing where you want them to have a powerful voice. You want your kids to have a powerful voice when they get older so that, you know, the world's not going to, well, the world will kick them down, but they will be able to stand up for themselves in the world and, uh, and, and live their lives and be strong in it. But you also don't want them doing that to you. So it's sort of a weird juxtaposition where you're like, I want you to be able to challenge authority, but I don't want you to be able to challenge my authority because my authority, I'm dad. Come on. That's right. That's right. There's, there's the authority. And then there's mom and dad. And mom exactly. and dad are, are the higher authority, right? There's there's very few authorities higher than mom and dad, although some might suggest there is. But again, entirely different podcast topic. Um, the the other, I guess, sort of dynamic at play as well is how both my wife and I do approach and deal with things. So um, my wife, you know, provides baby force choices, lots and lots of choices. I do too, but there are some areas where I will allow her to choose and others, which I will simply enforce a choice. Or if I provide the choice, it's the like two things I know you don't want whatsoever. And I'm okay if you were to say yes to, and the one I want you to say yes to, and I think you'll choose the, you know, (laughs) I'll choose the best of three bad choices. Whereas my wife, she'll provide a lot of choices. And you know, I'll use a topic like dinner. So, uh, you know, baby force can take two hours to eat dinner, which is fine. I mean, take, you take a long sheets of food, really, if it's two hours or it's five minutes, matters very little to us. But the struggle is that, you know, that impacts much of what we're trying to do uh, in getting her to bed and, and, and getting things sorted out. So... My approach is like, are you done? And yes, no. Great. Let's see you eat. And I almost sort of enforce the consumption of food. Okay, all done. Cool. Or I might incentivize. Okay, well, if you're not done yet, then I'm not going to share my ice cream. Oh, well, heck. I'd like ice cream, right? Like, that's sort of where I I would approach. My wife, how are are you done yet? No. Okay, let me know when you are, if there's no response. And, you know, there's because there's these differences, and I'm pretty sure Baby Force, you know, intelligence as, as she is, has figured this out. Uh, oh, mommy, I can sort of stretch. With daddy, not so much. Because, <laughs> you know, she knows the two of us. Um, another area, and this sort of goes to the whole uh, temper tantrum at 1230 in the morning because uh, she couldn't brush her teeth for the 20th time that night. My wife has asked that I don't intervene. She wants to set boundaries 
and, and manage a situation. And I respect that. The difficulty is that for me, I'm sitting here witnessing, you know, my wife getting frustrated and, and my daughter, you know, feasting on that frustration. Cause again, she's, you know, she's now turning into me <laughs> and it's like fuel, you know, blood in the water, fuel to the fire. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, okay, I could come in and I could just stop it. And so lately I've been trying to allow for that space. I'm not intervening. I'm not coming in as like the, the bad cop, the sergeant at the district or anything like that. Yet what's interesting to note is while this is happening last night, I had finally, I'm tired. It's been going on for gosh, 15, 20 minutes, top of the lungs screaming. My wife's obviously frustrated. She's vocalizing it. So I get up out of bed. I sit up. At which point, baby four sees, holy crap, I don't like what's happening here. He doesn't look happy. And immediately, it's, I'm no longer upset at mommy. It's like, mommy, save me. Now, <laughs> what ultimately Shrek occurred? is coming. Well, yeah. And that's that's like, it was a complete about face. My daughter is now, her energy has shifted from I'm upset at you to um, I'm I'm afraid of daddy. It seemed to serve the purpose. Things calm down. She goes back to bed. Everyone sleeps. But it made me realize, one, the power that I have, and two, the fact that she views me as Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to be this, like, you know, mean daddy all the time, but it just seems that I've now sort of, I've embraced the role maybe so often that she's correlate and every morning I still get my hugs I get my smooch and all it's all like watering the bridge but in the moment it's like I don't want daddy I mean it's good that you're self-aware about that and I think that's the important thing um you have to look at it and I mean their world from birth their world initially is you and your wife and as they get older then their world starts to get or your your part in their world starts to get smaller and their world gets bigger but at this point in time they still I mean you're still most of her world. You're still a good, you know, 47% and your wife's 47%. And then that leaves 6% of other things to be in the world, but you're still the most thing. So they spend most of their time studying you and, and, you know, everything that you don't think of or every tick that you might have, they see it. And so they get that very quickly and they can see that on your face almost faster than you can recognize that it's there. So yeah, mm -hmm. if you're if you're in a bed in the middle of the night and you have to deal with this and you're like, I just want to sleep and you pull up and they see your face and you're tired and you're not in your best mood. Absolutely. They're going to recognize that. And, and yeah. Moods and, I, and I was saying like last night I said nothing. It was just sit up out of bed on the edge looking straight. Like I, I was in the process of, okay, I, I can't, <laughs> I'm, the, the fuse has gone at this point. This needs to stop. And it stopped, but yeah, like, it's like, holy smokes, look at the power that I have, but it's not the right power that I want. No, absolutely. If that makes sense. Right. Oh, I mean, it's, it's just an interesting for us, you know, world right now. And, and as I sort of, you know, talk about, yeah, it's not like it switch got flipped when she turned three, you know, last month. Um, but uh, it's just that that personality is now being much more expressive or that side of our personality is much more expressive. It's there. It's like a, a muscle that suddenly 
got some energy and she's starting to exercise it. Um, and that's yeah, the, ultimately what it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's having that consciousness. It's getting to that point where you sort of, you had this new thing that you want to try and it's, you're rebelling against the system. And I mean, we do it all through life, but that's basically where it starts. What are you talking about? I never rebelled against some the people system. do it all through life. Me, me, for instance. Yeah. I mean, I was, my brother and sister used to call me, you know, Christopher do no wrong. And so, I mean, that's an interesting thing as well. And it has to do with the personalities of the children. Cause I mean, my kids, my son will absolutely not break rules. He, if there's a rule, doesn't matter what, he will not break it. He won't jaywalk because he heard that jaywalking is illegal and he can't jaywalk. Mm-hmm. So if I try to cross the street with him where it's not a crosswalk, I might have to pick him up one of my shoulder because he won't do it himself. Is and he calling 911 at the time? He might. He might scream for help or something, you know. <laughs> but he gets that's sort of my wife's personality too, initially anyways, before I corrupted her and made her a little more rule breaky but my daughter on the other hand she loves breaking rules and i mean i can ask my son every time he'll tell me the truth my daughter she'll lie to me every time and she does it with a sweet <laughs> face and she's loving and she means it the right way but personalities are just totally different yeah. so, i mean every kid's different every family's different and that's sort of an important thing as well don't ever i mean we're sitting here talking about parenting but i would never judge anyone else's parenting unless you know obviously if they're hurting their child in some way but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah i mean seeing somebody at the park in the, in the wrong moment. Although we don't see people at the park anymore because we're not allowed to go outside. But in the old world that I seem to remember, you know, I tried not to ever make those calls. Yeah. The, uh, just a little off the rails. It's, it's sort of the, got me some memory uh, based on what you're talking about your daughter there. So my wife uh, had to run out, grab some groceries and uh, left the, uh, uh, baby force who is having breakfast, uh, myself and the cat here. Oh. I'm here working from home. Baby force is set up having some applesauce and yogurt. And she's got some videos to keep herself engaged and entertained while I'm working. Cause it's the dynamic we're sort of living in. I hear this huge crash. Like it sounds like something hit the ground and it's like rolling around. So I get out thinking like, Oh my goodness, what happened? I go into the kitchen. There's Baby Force sitting there watching Peppa Pig or Paw Patrol or whatever the heck video was on. She's eating her applesauce. There's the cat lying right behind her. And I can't find whatever it was that hit the ground. Like something hit. It was like plate or bowl or something. So I'm like, you know, Baby Force, is is everything okay? Like, what was that noise? She's like, oh, the cat knocked over her bowl. And I'm looking and the bowl's still there. Like, I don't know possible cat doesn't look like it's you know panicked or anything i'm like really it's like yeah it was the cat it was twilight so here i am sitting at home with two you know partners in crime trying to blame the other one now the cat doesn't have the means to share words but if she was up to something she was playing cool as a cucumber and yet baby force she didn't have a grin or nothing she was matter of fact oh it was twilight anyhow I still, to this day, don't know what made that noise, what crashed. There's probably like a broken plate somewhere in our kitchen under something. As long yeah. as you don't find out what she wakes you up until in the morning, you're probably all right. <laughs> yeah, true enough. So we'll take a short break here and uh, get ourselves a little bit nerdy. One of the things that I've decided to spend my time on, because it's not like I'm up to much else when I'm at home, is learning how to code. 
Um, I got this idea in my head that I could go and somehow learn how to program in JavaScript to in turn support a bot uh, that uh, connects to Discord, the Discord app, and it would in turn connect to the NHL API and then return events like goals for the Vancouver Canucks and that. The reason I got this idea is that this original uh, programmer who had built this bot had, had said, they're going to pull the plug. Anyone who might want to take it on can. So I'm like, oh yeah, I can totally do this. Like, how hard is it to learn JavaScript? As I've learned, pretty hard. Uh, I've been told it's not all that intuitive. I tried, it was difficult. But I was asking some people I know, and they're like, Chris, learn Python. Python's actually a good language. Uh, it can do a variety of different things. And uh, it's something that, you know, number of different companies actually like uh, Google, for instance, have used to, to develop many other products. I'm like, ah, oh, cool. I'll learn Python. And I've, I've, I've gone through and taken uh, some courses on lynda.com. Thankfully, you know, to the public library uh, membership I got, uh, I've watched some videos on YouTube. I've gone to different sort of websites. I even bought a book. I was at Costco and I bought the complete middle school guide, everything you need to ace computer science and coding in one big fat notebook. And it is a big fat notebook because I'm old school. I actually needed like, I can't just read on the screen. I need like it in my hands to like highlight and underline and write things down. And I've probably put in wow, like six hours, which I know is not a lot in the grand scheme of things. And I can barely remember how to create a command that prints something. But you know what? The fact that I can print something, I guess is I can, I can actually print something that says hello world. That's a start. So, yeah. It's, it's just, again, I decided I wanted to be a computer programmer and Python is the, uh, the language of choice. So one, I mean, doesn't it always seem like you're in that aisle at Costco and there's all the books and you're like, yeah, that book right there, it's a $12 book. I can spend That's $12 what this one on was. it. And it's got a thousand pages and I can learn something from this book. So I applaud you on the fact that, you know, at least you have taken the book and spent six hours doing it. Cause I very often do that and I'll pick that, pick up that book. Or my wife used to do it with cookbooks constantly. She'd be like, I'm going to buy that cookbook and I'm going to bring it home. We'll cook things out of it. And we never did. And then eventually we give the book away and that's kind of how it works. So, I mean, that is a very good start. Um, me and programming personally, my wife and I did a course at BCIT probably 10, 12 years ago. And um, I found very quickly that I was very competitive, mm. especially with her. And so we took the same class together, but she, you know, her, her father was a programmer and she had it sort of in her genes where she learned that stuff when she was young and it was very easy for her to get back into it. And I remember sitting there in the class and trying to figure it out and just getting more and more angry and watching her, watching her get it so easily. It made me very frustrated, which now I'm older and wiser and hopefully that doesn't happen. But at the same time, at that point, that sort of really turned me off from programming. Mm. Um, I've spent a lot of time during this whole uh, pandemic my time has been on Duolingo, and that's been sort of my geeky learning thing. Where so so what language? Norwegian or languages. Norwegian. Ah, Norwegian. I'm, I'm working on it because once upon a time I lived there, and it, I spent six months there, and I spent a lot of time trying to learn the language, and I never really felt that I did. 
I felt that by the end, I could speak it not so bad when I was drunk. But unfortunately, the problem with that is the Norwegians always speak English when they're drunk. So that didn't help. So over the years, you know, I picked up a little bit, but uh, really, I sort of dug into it over the last over the last three months. And I have to say, it's really, it's gone up quite a bit. And, and I think like you were saying earlier, you know, our brains are getting older, so it's a lot harder to uh, hold this knowledge or hold new knowledge. But I've noticed a lot of, uh, I've noticed a lot in it. So that's maybe my learning over this period, which mm-hmm. has been good because yeah, you never know. No. And I like, for me, I'm, I'm using the coding thing as just it's something I've sort of been curious about and I've kind of wanted to do and play around. It's not like I'm going to go and, and make a career out of it, at least not for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, not to suggest that if this doesn't go somewhere and I become somewhat proficient, that it doesn't contribute to a career. But if I can go and, and you know, create a, a very basic program, I can do some silly stuff. That's that's sort of what I'm sort of looking at is the baseline and the foundation. And then from there, you know, see if I can, I can do something with it. Um, yeah, the difficulty, it's getting the information to stick. Like, you know, if I were to go back 20 years and tell my 20 year old self uh, that uh, I should have, you know, applied myself more when it came to, to learning how to, to do like web design, web programming. I, you know, at the time I was messing around with it and I was self-taught and the information would just go in and it would stay there. And then I learned some more and it was just like, I was learning like Canadian history, political science, uh, computer science, geography, English, like all these different subjects when I was in college, all at the same time, everything stuck. Now I barely remember my name. Yeah. And the longer you decide, the less you can remember that. So um, yeah, my, my son has a very, very good memory and he claims sometimes he doesn't, but it's very particular, the things he forgets, but you can say something and, you know, six months later he'll remember it or you get a concept to him and he gets that concept. The first time he gets it, it's sort of locked in there forever. So it's mm-hmm. interesting the first time that your kid looks at you and realizes that you don't have that power because they assume it's a normal power. So, <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, well, why don't you remember that? And I'm like, well, my brain doesn't work as well as your brain works. So yeah. It, you know, and it's a thing for the other caveat to that and why it's a little more difficult to me is that I am in what I would define as an adult learning professional. My day job is helping other adults learn. Like I use, um, the skill set that I have available, the skills that develop over the time to help others understand and learn. So for this, it's almost frustrating that I can't teach myself mm-hmm. when I can teach others. But, you know, the difficulty is that the tactics that I use to engage others work because it's almost like I have a dance partner. With me, I have those high standards that get in the way. Like I am essentially my own worst student. I can't imagine teaching someone like me. And the good thing is, is I don't have to, because there's only one of me until, you know, cloning becomes a thing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's so difficult. You're both a strict teacher and the class clown. And those things really don't meld together. Well, yeah, no, I mean, for those that uh, know me, um, I've always been the class clown. In fact, grade nine French, there was a seat at the front of the room uh, called the Place Donner. Boy, did I, was I the honored patron of that scene more often than not. Um, the other thing, and this is sort of what I, I got into actually, I had I was I was trying to follow the, the instructions here, and it just things weren't clicking. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get so frustrated, I need a break. And so 
I'm trolling through, like, what can I watch? Something quick. Um, I don't want to get into anything, like something I might, you know, might dive into and then completely forget. And so I'm trolling through Prime Video. And there's uh, these ads for the show called Upload. It's like big banner stuff. I've seen, like, I think TV commercials. It's like, okay, fine. It's 30 minutes. Let me see. It kind of looks hokey. Like, it doesn't occur to me to be the type of program that I'd really enjoy. I was wrong. I loved it. I actually binged it in two days. It's only 10 episodes since 30 minutes each. So functionally not a whole lot of content to be able to binge through. Um, but it was really good. Uh, the premise for those that haven't actually seen it is it's the future because, hey, why not? And you have this ability to save your consciousness in the cloud. Essentially, they upload your consciousness to a computer and then sort of you live there forevermore. But it takes with, you know, the, the whole sort of world of microtransaction that we live in, and it sort of amplifies it. Um, and, you know, so, like, you, you, lots of stuff's pay-gated, like, oh, you want that that drink? Well, you need to have X amount of money on your account. Well, the problem is it's not like you're making money, right? You're, you're dead. So that then ties your family or whomever your estate would be to fund you to continue. And it's that vicious circle. Everyone wants to be uploaded. So anyhow, that's sort of the premise. And it, it, it follows this, this character who is, is a young adult and uh, gets uploaded, which you could probably put two and two together uh, as to why. And, uh, and then there's like this intriguing backstory to not only his character, um, but this whole experience. And again, I think for whatever reason, Amazon, when they, they created this, this program, this content created a trailer that does very little to describe what the actual show is about. It's why I would have never, I would have on the trailer alone, I'd have been like, oh, this is just kind of hokey, but it was really good. Cool. I'll check I that out. I you to watch it. As I say, it's 10 episodes. They're 30 minutes each. I think the first episode is like 40. Um, but it's already been renewed for a second season. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here like, well, crap, when's that going to get filmed? Because it's actually filmed in Vancouver here. Um, not all. all As it, everything yeah, is. You watch it. It's it's totally Vancouver. It's like, oh, that's Stanley Park. Oh, that's UBC. Oh, that's downtown. So my nerdy thing, I think this week, um, my son recently has gotten into Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, D&D. Yeah, D&D. And I mean, I played D&D when I was, I don't know, probably like six or seven was my first time playing D&D. So a little bit younger than him. And I remember one of my friends in the neighborhood, his older brother was our DM. And we went through basic adventures. And yeah, so I thought, sure, absolutely. My, it was a good way to sort of, you know, through our local game store, um, they were putting up D&D one-shots. A buddy of his had been in it and had really enjoyed it. So we figured, okay, why not throw him in? And so I sort of explained the game to him a little bit, and then I sort of tossed him in. And I thought I'd explained enough. We spent, you know, two or three hours talking about all the classes, and I gave him a book to read, and he's an avid, avid reader. So he read through it, and I sort of then threw him online, and it was through a Discord channel, and... Um, and he melted down right away. I threw him in too hard, and he sort of got in there, and then it was too much for him. So I basically nursed him back to health and said, no, mm -hmm. here, this is what you do. Just try again. Just listen. And so he went through his first session, and it was sort of, I think it was six sessions, six three-hour sessions twice a week. So 
rather extensive. And by the end of it, he was really, really into it. And it was great. I mean, seeing, seeing how much his self-confidence came up over that time was just amazing where he originally, it was way too much. He couldn't talk. He couldn't be part of it. And now he's totally into it and he's flexing all his creative muscles and all of this. And that's, it's been really fantastic to watch, but as sort of a side effect of that, now we got him some minis and then we had to start painting minis. So now mm. I've found therapy, nerdy therapy in painting minis. Cause I mean, I had a couple of my own from some sessions that hadn't been, hadn't played in a while, but I'd always wanted to paint them. And now the whole family gets together and we have, we, we actually have painting over zoom where Another another group of family friends, another family gets into Zoom, and we all paint minis and hang out together. So that's sort of our nerdiness cool. for the week. And it's been cool, and it's been really great. And uh, and yeah, if I'm angry with the state of the world or tired of being quarantined or any of these things, rather than some people are protesting, I find painting minis is a much better solution. So I would rec- I would recommend that. So it's funny you bring up D and D. I've never actually experience D and D. Okay. I, my group of friends sort of growing up, no one like, cause I find I, I need that enabler. I need someone to sort of pull me in. And I, I always followed. And, and the group of friends that I sort of gravitate to do the closest to D and D that we ever got to was magic, the gathering, a trading card game for those that weren't aware. Not I'm tr- trying to cor- try to correlate it to like D and D, but you know, the sort of fantasy world, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyhow, just last week in one of the uh, the Discord communities that I'm part of, um, someone started talking about how they've been doing uh, like online D and D campaigns, uh, and that uh, I'm like, so I'd said, yeah, I've never played. I kind of kind of interested. I'm more curious as to like what it's like. You know, I, I'm not sure if I would I would enjoy it. I don't know enough. I kind of think I might. Um, so anyhow, I, I just, they're like, well, if you were to play D and D, you know, what would, you know, you'd have to like create a character and all this. And like, what do you mean? And so this one person had like a character named clop clop and it was, that's the, it's name because that's the sound it's hooves made in a camera. What was type of like a centaur or something like that. And there's like this backstory and I'm like, Oh, I can do that. So I'm like, I got a human paladin named Bob. He's going to look like relic from the Beachcombers, you know, and while he might be a crotchety old mean bastard, he's really got this strong sense of right and wrong. Apparently I can't just go and say that you have to, I guess, roll the dice to determine, <laughs> you know, I'm like the, apparently the fact that I could just go and do that riffing, Stealing from beachcombers, if you've not seen the, the TV show, it's like Canadian lore. Um, yeah, I am kind of wondering how one gets into D&D in a world of distance. I'm sure, I know it's possible, please, yeah, but I just... Oh yeah, there's actually all sorts of cool apps and programs. I mean, I have dad friends who run campaigns on, on apps on Steam where you actually plot out the maps and you have sort of a sort of... You have a story. Well, you already have the story, but you have maps and you have all these visual aids to throw in with it as well. And yeah, you can play all over the place. So, I mean, when I was a when I was a kid back in those days, we all played in the basement and we all rolled our dice and we liked it because we. And now, you know, we can't go to other people's basements, so technology is the way to go. And like I say, my my son's really gotten into this. They also have adult one shots and adult uh, sessions where you do six sessions. So, I mean. It's something that, hey, maybe I might do too. My wife keeps uh, suggesting I do, but maybe joining one of those, you'll you'll learn. 
Yeah, at some point, maybe. I mean, I um, do need to let you know, and although you generally probably know everything already, there was like a Kickstarter campaign recently where you could get like a certain type of paint when you're painting your minis that like somehow magically knows how to change hue or color. You know, it's on <laughs> Kickstarter. It's very popular. It showed up in my inbox. There's a lot of those right now, yeah. And I, and it, and it, this, this again, it, it's because the algorithm is always listening. This ha- showed up in my inbox a day after we had this conversation in a Discord community. And I actually was like, oh, maybe I should buy paint. Maybe the paint will be my my impetus into DD because I'm going about it the right way. <laughs> that algorithm, I know I had the same thing. I mean, recently, I don't know if we were talking about it, probably not, but we mentioned cyclists earlier on, so maybe we were. But yeah, suddenly my Facebook feed and Instagram feed, everything was uh, cycling ads so i ended up buying a new e-bike so normally hey, normally ads don't work on me but that one i was like oh that's nice i want one of those sure when the world comes normal again i want to be able to bike for 70 kilometers so yeah, yeah totally it'll it'll you know while you're biking for for 70 kilometers you can have that uh, cookbook ready to go at home and absolutely i have cargo space for it it'll be great yeah uh, anyhow, uh, we're reaching the end of our episode again, a few days late, but hopefully a phenomenal value. Um, we are going to continue recording every couple of weeks, uh, give or take a few days because, Hey, what's a couple of weeks now? Like someone was telling me that it's been two months that we've sort of been in this world of social distancing. I'm like, no, it's just like, Oh yeah. Two months ago. It's just unreal. And, the fact that, you know, this upcoming weekend in the province of British Columbia, we can double our bubble and start to explore our space is going to be an interesting exercise in whether or not people can manage responsibility. Because two weeks from now, the next episode might be like, well, that, you know, a few <laughs> days outside was fun. Never you again know. will we go outside. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. It could, you know, things could be different. It could be like, you know, like, was it in the UK? The rules were, uh, if you can go to work, go to work. But please, whatever you do, do not take public transit. And considering that you can't, like, it's so expensive to drive and park. Like, okay, you want me to go to work, but I live in, like, Reading, and I work in London, and yeah. Yeah. Things. That's a whole other episode. Oh, but yeah, any final uh, words of wisdom you want to share with the, all the people out there tuning in each and every couple of weeks? Uh, you know, just uh, you're not perfect. And you try to be for your parent or for your kids. See, even in saying that sentence, I'm not perfect. But you want to be. But if you're not, it's all right. And that's just do your best and try to keep calm when your child is screaming and hitting that level that breaks your brain open. Yeah, and I, you know, I am thankful that uh, baby force hasn't picked up your daughter's you know pitch yet skill that she's obtained yet yeah i know i got she got a few years ahead but oh my goodness that if there is that that high pitch sort of uh and i, I know i just thinking of it brings pain to eardrums that, that exist currently um the only thing i'll ask that uh, y'all do watch upload if you haven't watched it go watch it. it's on prime video hopefully a prime video if you don't Find someone that has it, borrow. <laughs> did I just recommend that? I did not. I don't know what words came out of my mouth. No, it's it's really good. I'm actually, I'm, if you have an opportunity to watch it, John, I hope you do. It's it's 
it could be that I'm just barking up the wrong tree thinking it's awesome. Cause I, there have been times where I've seen a show. I'm like, Oh, this is phenomenal. And it gets a season because it was crap, <laughs> but Chris liked it. That's always been our thing. We started watching, we got to a point before, you know, streaming video shows before Netflix shows, mostly where we saw so many shows and we'd watch them the first season. And they were so good. And then they get canceled. And it's always mm-hmm. the really dumb shows that go on for 37 seasons. I mean, so yeah, we made a rule that we wouldn't watch anything before the third season. And now okay, you, can't well, really, this... you can't do that anymore because the streaming world, that's not necessarily a thing. And there's so much out there. It doesn't really matter. But yeah. I was going to say this one, this one's guaranteed. Well, not guaranteed, but it, the fact that it's already been announced to have a second season in a, during a pandemic, I think is good because there are shows that were doing well that are still in the world of limbo because of, Hey, the world as it is today. Well, I'll try to watch that and uh, we'll see about next, next podcast to see what I think. Sounds good. So as we do at the end of each episode, I would encourage you, if you haven't done so already hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, it would be greatly appreciated by John and I, if you were to tune in every couple of weeks, when we come to you to tell you all of the sage advice that John has and all of the, useless experiences <laughs> and also if you do we might choose you to double our bubble with because we really mm-hmm. appreciate that that's true but i mean not, i but... i mean i i did say that i might try to uh, like take my parents but it's like blood sport between my brother sister and, and i so i mean my sister's have got the advantage she actually lives in the same community so you know she already had a head start uh but yeah i mean maybe john will uh double his bubble with you so long as you have a pool <laughs> Keep that in mind. Got to kind of set some standards. Nobody in Vancouver, yeah. And if you uh, could do us a solid, uh, let us know how this podcast is by dropping us a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever you know platform you have to be tuning in, or by going to Podchaser, uh, podchaser.com slash nerddeadcast. It is the IMDB of podcasts. You can not only follow along with the episodes, but to also not only review the podcast, but if we have a good episode, you can re- review an individual episode. If there's a bad episode, you can tell us just as much and then from there we can continue to iterate and change as we go on hopefully uh in a couple weeks time we'll have gone outside experienced this thing that i'm told is called the sun and we'll not be coming back to you to say well we're not allowed to go outside again because that would be rough but then knowing that that's a possibility i'm going to go out there and suck in all the fresh air i could possibly can i'm going to bottle that stuff like can you can you bottle or can fresh air I think you can, yeah. I think that's a thing. Okay. Compressed fresh air. I'm sprayed into my mouth. Yeah, I've got a keg. You know if you want to fill a keg with fresh air, and then we'll. Yeah. But we'd have to see, double our bubbles together, so forget that. Never mind. Hey, you know, it's always good to have a side gig because it helps, you know, cushion the the world as it is. Anywho, on behalf of John, myself, Chris, I'm going to sign this episode off with those magical words. Stay nerdy, my friends. Mm-hmm.